0: I wanted to talk with you guys. Well, first of all, I enjoy talking with you guys and it's been, a, it's been a while. I mean, we did talk the other day, but particularly around your experience in the Middle East and in countries that we're seeing in the news right now, and maybe just some of my own processing and questions that I have of that and how you're processing and what your perspectives are and what your experience has, has, has been with that. So. That's really kind of a driving motivation for me today is that I see you as ex- experienced, seasoned um, missionary, you know, veterans that are still very connected, have been very impacted um, by Israel and Palestine and relationships with people, you know, everywhere in between. Um, And I've enjoyed the stories I've heard from you over the years that we've known each other. I
1: think there are a lot of places in the world where somebody has a really strong call and some say, well, I just said, God, I'll go where you want me. Mm -hmm. But I think our Middle East experience, I needed to know I was called. Yeah. Because I don't think I could have stayed if I just said, well, I'm here because you're here. I I think it's okay. I needed to know Mm. that we needed to be in that place. So yeah. that leads to the next yeah.
2: topic and then we went to uh we went to the Middle East and studied Arabic and went to Jordan and then we moved to Israel and we were there during many of the clashes that were going on, so this clash that's going on now between Gaza and Israel is i mean it's, it seems to be much, much worse than it was any time that we were there. but the potential of the things that while we were there, like when Saddam started shooting scuds into Israel back in ninety one and also even the lebanese war and the the conflict there, and the two uh, uprisings that call an Intifada, which is an uprising and those were very serious and we lived in the uh, we lived in Bethlehem during the uh, well during the first one, at the end of the first one, and um it was quite an experience living there where there were times. Oh, i remember a time Kay had they had to walk her home from the bethlehem bible college because
1: soldiers were surrounding the
2: soldiers were surrounding everything and some of
1: people.
2: the students had to walk her home and she was on the phone i was gone i was in jordan and um, i
1: think you were just in jerusalem picking up the
2: kids oh maybe maybe mm-hmm. so but we had to go through checkpoints to pick up the kids in school and we also had a couple of palestinian boys from bethlehem whose parents sent them to the jerusalem school to the international school And we became very, very close friends with them. And we took their boys to school. And there was a time when Kay, I mean, she could tell the story better than me when she was bringing it home. And it was uh, like, yeah,
1: we had a van as all missionary families did. We had a, and um, we were taking these boys home. They lived right across from a refugee camp in Bethlehem. And as I got to the road, I turned on the soldiers were there and they weren't going to let me go down there. And I stopped the van. I said, I have got to get these boys home. They were like, they were what, like, maybe 10, 11, 13, something like that. They were boys. that I said, I've got to get them home. And I said, and and you need to leave us alone. Let me do it. And I walked through the soldiers. I walked a bit to their, they did
2: Tires were broken.
1: Yeah. And I just did I got home. And I thought, I can't believe I just did that. But I, you know, the, I just had a lot of courage that, for the time when I needed it to do stuff. And our kids are pretty mm. courageous, but they do, we do have sometimes some little leftover, like, Ooh, that was crazy that we did. It. Yeah. I think the thing that upset our kids the most were the bus bombings, because by the time they were teenagers, they would take public buses. Yeah. And that, that, got, that was really bad. That period when there were bus bombs every month or every other month and
2: restaurants too you know like yeah. uh, coffee shops and things yeah like that
1: and we were in a we lived in the middle of the city that was you know the thriving commercial area and coffee shop area of oh, Bethlehem uh then we moved into Jerusalem okay because we had to get the kids to school and that checkpoint was awful it was awful to go through that every day because sometimes you would get stuck they would close it this was, we had a cell phone, but it wasn't very helpful. And so I wouldn't know where he was on which side of the checkpoint. You know, I look back and I think it was a little.
2: I think the annoying. reason we got a check or got a telephone, a, a mobile phone, the first one, it was called a Mango phone. And we could only call a couple of numbers on it. And one of them was K one of them was our other missionary rod green who was there and then the other one was to this family that we were taking their kids back and forth to school and um, the and so if anything were to happen then we would have to call them and tell them you know we and we we were able to if we needed to keep them in jerusalem at our church we could have done that i don't know that we ever did but no. there were times we had to take them there and wait for the the violence to settle settle down and um so, but those were those were difficult, challenging days. And then when I started traveling more, Jordan was uh, at peace. <clears throat> excuse me, at peace with Israel. That was not a problem. When I went first, went back to Lebanon in '91, the streets of Lebanon were like what we're seeing in Gaza today with the um, uh, with the buildings just completely destroyed it was a, a civil war, war. It was it was a a civil, civil war, war. Oh, okay israel had gotten involved some but it was actually i think 83 84 israel kind of got involved there but it a lot of the damage was done just from the civil them fighting back and forth uh, hmm. several different groups and it wasn't just Muslim Christian; it was Muslims, Muslims, Christians, Christians. You know, it was just all kinds of uh, people involved in the conflict. But um, anyway, then Lebanon rebuilt. Uh, now they're it's um, it, it's in pretty bad shape economically, and I don't think they have much of a government. But and I think that's the biggest concern right now is the uh, the Hezbollah, which are, who are in. It's translated the party of God and it is in southern Lebanon now and they have more ammunition and more people
1: and weapons
2: and more weapons than uh, actually we've heard than Hamas
0: the Hamas does Hamas Mm -hmm. does. And, well, the, uh, the rumor is that they're irate, or the, uh, maybe it's known that they're Iranian backed. It's what I hear in the news. I mean, that's all. Well, uh, that's that all is, my information is from. That is true. That is true. I never did get into Iran. I got
2: into, you know, to northern. Well, I got into Iraq. I got into northern Iraq, into the Kurdish area, several times, and taught and did some speaking there. And then I went uh, to Baghdad once, spent four or five days, and the war was still going on. It was when Saddam was still hiding out um mm. and um but so i was there a few times so i saw a lot of stuff there but i don't think i think probably the violent and syria was always tense while i was there um but i think probably for us the most challenging time was during the uprising there in israel don't you think
1: yeah well you know we were there when um saddam threatened to go into kuwait no no yeah yes Yeah, no, he went into kuwait and um, had to ev- be evacuated and that was really stressful. From there on, that was the first time we thought we might be in trouble living here if he comes here. And we talk with the kids, it was really stressful. Ruben was, our youngest was seven and our oldest was 14 and they couldn't get their head wrapped around that.
2: We they all had, had gas masks go. and they had to practice using those at school. They and just going, wow. going to the shelters. <laughs> and and really, ninety-one
0: is that 91? 91, right. They loved yeah.
1: school. They're friends. And it was really traumatic for them to have to leave. The we, we left for about six weeks. But once we came back, stuff happened and happened and happened, but it never disrupted our, we managed to stay through most things without our.
2: And Ruben was injured. He was hit. Our car was stoned once and it was hitting, the stone hit him in the back of the head. And that was a very traumatic time for us. And in fact, when we came back to the States, we uh, have a good friend that's, he was Nazarene. He was on staff as a, a as a Christian counselor. We came back for a furlough and um, it, we asked him to talk to Reuben. And he said, well, you know, really the things that he's gone through, he probably would be-
1: They're not normal.
2: They're not normal. So this is probably, this sh- probably is the way he should be reacting. But mm. he, didn't, now the kids, it's been funny. The kids have said- during this time, now they wish they were back there.
1: Yeah.
2: Just because they have friends in the military. They have friends in the, basically, Now I think it's more friends or the children of their friends are yeah. in the military. And some of them are down on the border. Because they're
1: drafted in the military at 18 years old.
0: Right. And oh, there's all- there's like mandatory service.
1: Right. All Girls the, and guys. All the Jewish young people are drafted. Now they're like our pastors are Christian Arabs, but they have an Israeli passport. Their kids aren't drafted into the army. They can volunteer and do something that would help them to get some stipend for education, higher education. But they're not drafted into it. They have I to just volunteer. learned
0: that listening to something else recently that that, and I, I'm not I'm not sure how all of the demarcation happens with citizenship and and you know Arab Palestinian Israel. Like I, I'm I'm tuning into that a little bit better. But someone that may class may see themselves as Palestinian and 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 or or Arab, they can be a, a citizen of Israel, but then they don't have the same amount of rights as an as an Israeli Jew would have. Right. right. See, before 1948
2: and before Israel was uh, divided, the land there it was Palestine. After you know the Balfour, which is I think 115 years ago this week was basically that it was agreed upon that the land would be divided up and Israel and Jordan I think would be under the British and then um the then Iraq and Lebanon and Syria would be under the French but then after World War II uh, that all changed but anyway so then it when Israel the state of the modern state of Israel was established then in 48 47 48 um the people who were living there were basically palestinians and even some of the the older older jewish people would say that their their background some
1: was of it was shorted already by them
2: yes oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. they were saying it was palestinian you know palestinian well the west bank which is not the west bank of israel it's the west bank of the jordan river and um the West Bank of the Jordan River, and it was in Jordan until 67. And the Six-Day War, which took place in 67, also was a a war basically when Jordan and Israel fought and Israel occupied and has occupied the West Bank. Now, in 1994, I believe, Israel made uh, a peace agreement with Jordan, with King Hussein and Yitzhak Rabin, Um, They made a peace agreement. And then the West Bank, it was still under occupation, but they were more autonomous from, they were, most of the people there still had Jordanian passports. um, And the people in Gaza had Egyptian passports. But then um, the ones who were like, okay, like our pastors, like in Nazareth, Haifa, Tel Aviv, the Arabs there would consider themselves to be Palestinian in their, their uh, not their race, it's not really a, a, a race, but it's a, a former nationality or their, their family, their background was Palestinian. But now they would say they're Israeli and that they're Israeli citizens. Okay. So like yeah. they, have, they have an Israeli passport. The thing about it is, unless they've served in the military, if you serve in the military, which the Israelis have to, except for the Arabs, um they have to uh, they they get a lot of higher education uh, scholarships and and a lot of uh financial aid and there are a lot of things but the arabs have have felt like they've been treated like second-class citizens but the mm. ones on the west bank and the ones in gaza they really want israel to be out of there they want all of their they want to go back to their land um Right now, Gaza is made up of two major: the Jabalia refugee camp and the Khan Yunus refugee camps are large camps. Those are in Gaza. Now, in um, on the West Bank, there are several refugee camps. Some of them right in Jerusalem. Uh, Bethlehem, I think, has two or three refugee camps. Tried to find your um, map. They have the. They have refugee camps. And people who, now they're not living in tents anymore or in shacks anymore. They're,
0: they're like multiple generations deep into being refugees. Right. Right. Yeah. When, exactly. When
1: we got there, what I do remember very clearly is when we went down into the Jordan Valley by the Dead Sea, there were the original refugee oh, yeah, I places that. there that were just uh, mud, wall. Oh. you know, what do you call it? Like, like, like Adobe, that. like the Indians lived in. And in a few years, they tore those down. But they were still there where they had just been pushed out. And that's where they stayed. But uh, their generation after generation, and they don't even uh, accept the Israeli Arabs have really learned how to live there. And they go to the university. They have to pay differently. They They speak Hebrew. And they work in many of them work in Jewish areas. And they really have. I would say mixed pretty good. They've benefited really under the healthcare system and mm-hmm. everything. But the West Bank, because you're seeing that map all the time, they are. What well, they don't have. A, what kind of ID do they have? They have.
2: They can carry a Palestinian yeah. passport, but they uh, they can't. It's leave. not. It's
1: called. It's not called a.
2: It's a laissez passer.
1: Yeah, it's not called a laissez passer it's an it's an travel. ID yeah travel document but it's not actually a passport because there is no palestine
0: but there is some so, type of palestinian authority though
2: yes yeah yes. i
1: think it's called a
2: no it's uh, called the palestinian authority well it was the fatah or the plo but and it was a palestinian authority and they israel gave them uh the that much gave them like started out in jericho and ramallah and in Gaza, but then um, now, but then they gave them like all the West Bank and they put a wall all the way around the West Bank to and divide Israel. Israel from the West Bank. But the wall going around Gaza is, was more fencing than it was like how they ever got into, there's no way they could they could break out of uh, the wall in, in um, like in Bethlehem, it's 30 feet high. And- I
1: um, wanna go back a little bit. This. This is what we didn't understand when we went. The first time we went to Lebanon and went to our churches and we would meet people and they say, oh, where are you? And so, well, I'm Palestinian. And I thought all Palestinians were in the West Bank or in Gaza. But they were the the people who lived around Nazareth and Haifa and in the north who also fled and went to Lebanon. And so they are Palestinian refugees, even though they never lived on the West Bank they were maybe from Galilee, if they had stayed and not fled, eventually they would have received uh, Israeli citizenship.
2: Also in Syria, there are a lot of some large Syrian Mm. refugee camps and in Lebanon. In Jordan, there are still some refugee camps. Now, you wouldn't know in Jordan that you're actually in a refugee camp because they're not so oh well they're not they've they've assimilated into the culture into the jordanian culture right
1: but they're like we were this is getting a little ahead but when they were i heard the israeli uh the pr person for the army talking and someone was asking him they don't live like refugees they live in tall buildings yes but we know what tall buildings are for poor people they're slums
0: like the projects
1: projects and that's what they live in and they might and we know that we've been in and we see them yes some live better than others but we're not stupid we can go downtown Indianapolis and see high rises and know that it's a rough place to live
2: yeah and, so, but, and also Israel has, still has the um control of the water and the electricity and stuff mm-hmm. like that into Gaza and a lot mm-hmm. of times like when we were in, in Beth- the West Bank as well yes, yes. yeah mm-hmm. when we were in Bethlehem. Kay had to, we had to go out and check and see if our, our, uh, water meter was running to see if she could do her laundry that day, because we had tanks on the roof, but they would run out. And so like, if she would do her laundry and the water wasn't coming in, she could go through a whole tank of water in just, uh, two, maybe two loads. And then we would be without water until it came in again. So when it was coming in, she could do the laundry and the, and the tank would fill up and we would have it to, uh. I mean, yeah, it's I,
1: just the way people live life.
2: And sometimes
1: hmm. we might, did we ever buy, uh, like, you know, you have gasoline trucks that yeah, tank, we would, yeah. Like, yeah. buy a tank of water. Yeah, sure. It, they would pump it up there. So that yeah. was what its life was like. But, uh,
0: but let me ask, let me ask a couple of questions as my understanding is growing, as I'm just delving into some of the history behind the the war that's happening right now. Um I think one of one of the things I'm wondering is is someone that uh, that that is Palestinian um, one of the one of the things that I'm picking up on is that they feel like their land has been colonized by Israel and that they're occupied and that they may have generations upon generations that no one can even remember like their family has lived in Palestine Right. And and so it'd be like it it it, it would be like someone that's indigenous to the United States. It's a Native American going, I'm an American citizen, but my history goes back here way farther than before they started recording history for this stuff. And then the mm-hmm. Europeans showed up and started like coming west. And now we're on reservations. Perry,
1: that's I, exactly. I, I always think about the story of here in Indiana with the, uh, the guy who Connor Prairie, have you heard of it? You know, keep going. Connorsville, you've heard of Connersville and all that. He was a big landholder, but they have this, like a, it's where you go and see how they lived before 150 years ago. And so you're there, and the story is quite different when you when you read a little closer. You could read history. He came in order to to get land. He married one of the Indians princesses or something and had children by her, but then they decided to move all the Indians. So he sent his wife away and married a white woman. Oh, but he got the land. But I think one thing that
2: has kept the, the violence and kept things going worse uh, in the last several years, is the and dealing with the occupation, is that so many settlements have built up in the West Bank, especially now Gaza. In what was it, 2012? Yep. Israel can, it went got, completely out of Gaza. There were
1: settlements in Gaza with Jewish Jewish enclaves and they in were, the middle, and they they were,
2: went out, they um, tore them all down. Yep. Israel tore them all down. They didn't leave anything for the Palestinians, but Israel tore them all down. They moved out. And then sh- surround it basically with a, w- with a fence or a wall and security wall. And then, um, but on the West Bank, there are still a lot of settlements. And Ariel Sharon, who now has passed away, but he was the prime minister back, I think, in 2000, but he has allowed settlements to build on Arab land. There's one in particular that goes from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and you can see Bethlehem from Jerusalem. It's it's that close. There was one large um, kind of a, I don't know if you call it a mountain, a hill, that was called Jebel Abaganaim. And it was uh, green. It was uh forested, to
1: be not forested built upon.
2: Right. And it was they considered it, Israel declared it to be green that no one could build on it because it was owned by almost the whole thing was o- owned by bethlehemites and um they let a settlement be started there to where now the whole mountain is taken over and it's a it's a jewish settlement and all of that land was was uh owned by people from bethlehem and families from bethlehem and they were never compensated for that Mm -hmm. they were i mean they may have been offered they were palestinian yeah, yes, they're Palestinian yes. and they but that's what's happened throughout all the West Bank there are a lot of settlements that are throughout and the West Bank
1: they're not like in the middle of Janine or Hebron although there are some in Hebron I should take that back yeah
2: and there are
0: some in Nab- so, near Nablus
1: it's it's like a thorny thorn in the flesh you
0: know let me let, let me let me ask you a question here um how do you help someone process that's coming from their under their their reading of Scripture? Where they go, look, um, Israel and, and Jewish people are God's chosen people. I've read the Old Testament. He told them to go in and conquer the land. They were supposed to wipe everybody out. This land belongs to them no matter what anybody says. And if I'm going to be a good Western Christian, then I need to support Israel in, in every way no matter what because they're God's chosen people. And so it's all I, – I haven't heard anybody say this, but I almost wonder if people think either consciously or subconsciously if I if – I, if I in any way criticize Israel's way that they're going about the um, this this conflict and war, that I'm somehow conflict. what's the that? Historic,
1: it's a historical conflict. It's not. It's a historical. Yeah,
0: it's been I, ongoing. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, I don't know if you're if you're following with me, but I I wonder if they're they're like Western Christians or Christians of the world. They're just going Israel is God's chosen people. They finally got their own land. And if I criticize them in any way, I'm somehow going against God. So, of course, we have to support Israel. I think that's a really rudimentary kind of understanding of it. But I think that's a direct kind of straight short line that a lot of people go from Bible to the news.
2: Yeah, right. Well, the thing about it is and what this is what most people don't understand is that about 60 to 70 percent of the people in Israel are non-practicing Jews. They are basically uh, many not, of them are
1: not even well believing.
2: not a lot of them are even atheists. <laughs> and they would say they don't believe, but only about 60, 70 percent of them are not practicing at all. And the government is not a religious government. It's not a God-fearing government. And so I, I believe that in the way that that God, you know, they Israel lost the land a few times, you know, they were taken out of Jerusalem, they were sent over to Babylon, they were sent, you know, to, uh, the Assyrians took over and all of that. So I think that that we've got to realize that one of the the covenant that God made with the the Israelites was a, a dual. Co- I mean, it was a, a cover co- a covenant that demanded obedience and demanded people to follow him and to follow the law and because they didn't there were times they were driven out of the land they lost a lot of the land and i was just reading this morning in in kings first kings i think it is and all the different kings that the the kings that were um you know not obeying god and how they would lose their land and they would lose this and that and i would say that the thing about this i i believe personally that god Uh, was involved in getting a land for them, but I don't think that they have been religious nor have they obeyed and followed God, and right now we've been grafted in, you know, as Gentiles, Gentiles who have accepted Christ have been grafted in to God's people. We've been grafted in, so, you know, I think there are a lot of people, and a lot of people see this as being
0: signs of the times and it could be you know the bible times like this is this is going to usher in like some type of eschatological you know wrap up here yeah well but jesus himself
2: said he did not know when he was going to return and it certainly describes what it's going to be like but there are a lot of things that it has not you know that are like if if israel was a God fearing nation wanting to be a blessing to, you know, they're supposed to be a blessing to their.
0: That's the the covenant, right? You're blessed to be a blessing
1: blessing to
2: the
0: world.
1: The stranger stranger. among among you.
0: Hospitality.
1: Then to push them out. You know, we've been living with that that issue for for 30, 40 years of people questioning that. And I don't think we ever change anybody's mind. We do like to point out that it is a, a secular state. And people are not God-fearing, and some, um, and they, there are believers there, and there are some believers who are pro-Palestinian, you know, and there are some that are ultra-orthodox or ultra about it. And you know, when someone said to us already, or maybe I read it, something that, but the land, all the land belongs to them. Jesus didn't come about the land; he came about the covenant that they were to keep with him the land jesus never talked about the land the only way he talked about the land is to sow seeds and and then you look at his, the relationship with the early church and the jewish christians and the not they were trying to get them to learn to live together all the the tribes of the arabs and all of them were considered gentiles and what do you call them pagans mm-hmm. and that what was the new testament about and i i have one answer that I've st- i'm going to give when i really get put on the spot is well, what do you think Jesus would do? I don't know if they could answer that. I'm pretty sure he would say, love your enemy. I, oh yeah, he did say that. <laughs> I I don't think that he is pro-war by anybody. And yet, you know, Linda and I, are, when we get to our own family life and how we did, we worked really hard for our kids to have Muslim, christian and jewish friends all local ones and then then the expat friends and they worked on that and of course you know because we lived mostly and worked with arabs they had that understanding but i think at least two of my kids are by speak hebrew and arabic Hmm. fairly well and they were so upset because they knew that what happened jeopardized everybody all their friends no matter what their religion. This Hamas thing, they they we all know that this is going to could implode even more. Yeah. It could go on for years.
0: Oh, it's so horrific.
1: It is horrific. And yet we did that on purpose intentionally that we would never see that. I always say there's plenty of blame to go around over there in the Middle East. There's plenty yeah. of blame to go around. The people who we respect the most, and this is an important thing for the church to know, is our pastors who are Christian Arabs who know they have no power. They have very little representation in any of the governments where they live because they're Christian. And they really have learned that we have to keep doing what we're doing for Jesus mm-hmm. and keep our heads down and sometimes keep our mouths shut because they get involved. But they are such an example that there's no Christian nationalism there because it wouldn't do him any good. And they just put them aside. And I think they're such an example for us. They they just keep doing what they're to do to tell people about Jesus. No, come war or no war or everything. And, you know, if the Christians back here would follow their example, we're to pray. But they pray. They really pray for peace. They pray against the evil. They But they are not afraid. They have people who are not like them in their churches,
2: and they're mm. certainly not anti-Israel. They're not, they're not anti-Palestine. They never. They want. They want peace. They want to live in peace. They want their kids to grow up loving each other. There have been some really beautiful pictures on Facebook of kids, Arab, an Arab kid, and maybe an Arab boy and a, and a Palestinian or an Arab. Uh, boy and a Jewish boy with their arms around each other or they're sitting there playing games together and stuff like that and it's they're really beautiful pictures there was one I saw of Jesus walking down a trail and it was just a car not a cartoon but just a drawing Jesus walking down a trail and he, one hand he had a Arab Palestinian boy and one hand he had a Jewish I saw boy. that I saw yeah. that
1: yeah people can be so uh blind to the that there's we have to pray for both sets of people.
0: Well, yeah there, yeah, there, there's a couple interviews I've listened to recently, and one was a Palestinian Christian, and the other one was a, um, a Messianic Jew, um, both living in Israel-Palestine. And it, they were very measured um, not measured's not the right term. But they were very balanced in we're all God's people. And we' we're, we're all made in the image of God, and there's no one's winning right now. Um, ev- everybody's losing. And, and guys, when I when I saw that on October 7th what, what had happened, I just thought the historical precedent here is that Israel will respond with a tenfold vengeance response as as a nation. And I mean, those are the numbers that you see. And and then I, I I watch the news and I'm like, well, they're reporting that Hamas is underneath the hospitals that they're in these which they've may, very well may be, but then Israel's bombing them where the where the Hamas is using human shields and Israel goes, okay, well we'll blast through the shield to get to you because we're going to eliminate Hamas. And I can't help but th- I mean I'm no geopolitician in in, in any way or statesman of, of any variety, but I'm watching it trying to so removed so not in danger in any way and looking at it and going you're creating a whole new generation of hamas or whatever it's going to be called is going to be you can't crush a network you can't crush a decentralized um, movement
1: right but well,
0: you, I mean, when, when you love your enemy or, I mean, and this is all about 200 people that have, that have been, you know, plus that have been kidnapped and taken in and they're still there as far as we know. And they're, they continue to uh-huh. bomb them. And I just think this, this seems like, that this seems sense. like madness I mean, to me. Me too. Know?
1: I, doesn't under- and, I don't understand.
0: As, as I just, uh, sorry, let me, let me, let me just balance my, my, my passionate, like processing here with this. As an American, I have no like to stand on when it comes to geopolitical conflict when it comes to war when it comes to disproportionate response to any threat that our country would have been involved in in, in 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 any way um and i'm 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 grateful for people's service i'm i'm grateful for the for the freedoms that i have but from my point of freedom i look at what's happening and i and i'm i'm going i don't think that that's making it better for israel how they're responding what what I what I'm wondering is is if this is gonna rally more people to be like Israel, what are you doing? Like this is gonna work against them when it comes to a geo like political support and backing.
1: This morning when you we watched the news and they said if you know Blinken went again and he kind of wanted him to pause this. Yeah. And he said the commentators and we listened to a couple of really good things. If this goes on and on and there's no pause, America will have to say they've given a lot of support, you know, but they'll $6
0: billion annually with no strings attached.
1: And, but they will have to, they can't be the lone supporter if they, this goes on and on and the numbers keep climbing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we think you're right. I mean, it's, a, I tell people this is a lose-lose. Yeah the true lose lose nobody well, you has see done. the
0: the kids in the news and i just i mean it's just the the um the one of the latest interviews i listened to by the messianic um Jew, jewish lady that was it was just it was so insightful and so beautiful and wonderful and as she shared she just went this this is about loving people right. this is this this is not about I mean, horrific things have, have happened but this is about loving God's children that he's created and doing that together not about nationality not about the history of it like we have to love each other especially people that call upon the name of Jesus in any way wherever we're from that has to be our heart cry the field
2: strategy coordinator the guy that took my place Khalil Halasa I talked to him and he said the thing that they were most concerned about right now like in Jordan he said all of the Evangelical churches are considered to be the Western churches, and most of them have their headquarters in the U.S., like the Church of the Nazarene,
1: yeah. the, Baptist the, Brethren, the, the Baptist, Baptist, the Methodist, the, Methodist,
2: the free in what, Methodist. In the West, not in the East, in yeah, the West. Yeah, in the West. And so he said, what we're concerned about is that the, that the Muslims aren't coming to get us because we're Amer- we're Christians. The Muslims might come up against us because we're part of an American
0: church but we're, we're also living in a time that's hyper responsive in both directions to an extreme when it comes to faith being so wrapped up in nationality that, that it's very difficult for some people to be able to separate and differentiate them and remember that within our baptism where our first allegiance and citizenship is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right.
2: exactly.
1: So, you know, we've been I think the hardest now that we're at least in this, the first four or five days, we would get up every morning and know what happened last night. And now we still get up and do that. But, uh, you know, we're we know that it's just going to drag on. I, I, people, these young adults, the fellows ask us how to pray. I think one of the things that we both have really begun to pray deliberately about is against the evil
0: Mm. that's been.
1: That has control over so many places and so many people, that it is working really hard to destroy uh, the the good that that well just it's evil and it's killing and it's destroying and I've been we've been praying for that. But I've really been deliberately playing and it's such a hard prayer because how do you pray against evil? It's like you pray against taxes or something well,
0: evil doesn't care who what your flag is right. no. e- evil no. doesn't care what your religion is or what your nationality is. it comes in all of its of its forms, but I you know as 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 horrific and tragic as what's happening, I have to take hope in remembering. That Jesus did, through the cross, um, bring atonement and forgiveness and redemption, and -hmm. that in the resurrection, that evil is defeated, but people are still choosing to participate in it. And sometimes that happens underneath the good guy's banner, whoever you think the good guys are. And sometimes the bad guys have really amazing people in them that are seeking to follow Jesus and trying to bring about reconciliation, but they're on the wrong side of the tracks or the fence or the border.
1: I mean, yeah. either we have to believe that we serve a supernatural God who can prevent things. We don't see how. Why do we, we don't know what's been prevented. Well, you don't know. We don't know. But I, I prayed for the hostages. I prayed that as the gospel has spread through internet and radio and television, and stuff, that those people would remember that and call on the name of Jesus. And that even that the people who are holding them would have the fear of God put in them then saying, I have made a terrible mistake. I want to get out of this. You know, make people be afraid for the evil they've done. Yeah, I've been praying that way. Uh, how have you prayed, Lundell?
2: No, I've prayed. I mean, we both too. have.
1: I've also prayed yeah. for the peacemakers. Prayed, yeah. Blessed are it the peacemakers, Lord? Help them to break through and somebody negotiate. Right now, peace seems like a dirty word. Doesn't
0: it? Right. Yeah. yeah it it does. And what were GS's I mean, blessed are the peacemakers for they'll inherit what?
1: Yeah. The earth. The earth. We're land. fighting
0: over land. And yeah. and and they will inherit the peacemakers will inherit the earth. Wow. I think
1: I think we're gone. It's way past land. It's past ideology now. And, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's well, that's
0: something I was gonna I was gonna ask you about, is from your experience in living immersed there and processing today help me understand the difference between um help me understand zionism what does that mean zionism basically is a movement that actually didn't
2: start in 48 it started back in the i think the late 1800s um and it was it was a um a call for the jews to come to their homeland and Zionism is no matter what the land was. Zionism basically is a push for uh, for Israel, Isra- for Jews, not just Israelis, for Jews to come back to Israel, come back to the the that they belong there. They belong there, and they should all come there. Where and Zionism would really like to see all American Jews and Jews from all over the world to be able to be and you know and have one one place.
1: Israel has two choices. They Well, maybe they have more than that, but some people proposed a two-state solution. Right. That they'd be given a proper state with the ability to have a government and all that, a better solution would be one state where they had equal rights, but they couldn't live with that. Because was that ever
0: tried? That was, that was never attempted, though. That's never been...
1: The, Palis- the Nazareth Arabs, the Galilee Arabs have have done pretty well with it. But a lot like Brittany, uh, we have friends that went to school with our kids. She grew up in Nazareth, she never knew anything of that, that she calls herself a Palestinian Israeli. So that's it's like we have African-Americans and that's what they're calling themselves. A one state solution wouldn't work because the Arabs would soon overpopulate the Jews and it would no longer be a Jewish state. So what are you back to? Two places for two people, (laughs) <laughs> to To live and that that has a and they in. they
2: don't want it and I think there are a lot of people in the West and especially Christians in the West who don't want it to be um, a non Jewish state you know they want it to be a Jewish state where Nizar and Boutros are pastors in the north where they would have to move because it's now a Jewish state well it's Jewish in the same way that America is a Christian nation. You know, except, you know, and they talk about democracy. It's a, it's not a complete democracy. Israel is not. Like a, a Jew
1: cannot marry a non-Jew there. It's against the wow. law. Wow. Really?
2: Can't, yeah. Yeah. And a, a, a Muslim can't marry a Christian or a Christian can't marry a Jew. It's They have to go out of the country and have a, because there's no. Uh,
1: there's no civil marriage. No it's civil marriage. It's through your church or your religious. It's registered through your church or your religion. But so well, it's a it's, secular state. You know, they haven't quite... They, yeah, yeah, but they don't uh, have a
2: secular court.
1: Right. They have...
2: You have to... You, that was
1: what all the protests were about that got not who's One of his problems is he was wanting to set the court up to appease more of the ultra-religious.
2: He was wanting to nom- be able to, to ad- appoint all of the judges rather than have them elected. It would be like the president... Of the well, the president of the United States does basically nominates the. Um,
1: you want to read a good. I'm going to send. You
2: nominates the uh, you know the Supreme Court. Yeah. But but the Congress has to approve it, and they have to vote on it.
1: I'm going to right. send you what we listened to Fresh Air on NPR. Yeah, it's, please it's, do. It is so good explaining what is happening and what could happen. It's a so I'll try to send that to you because. I, I, Linda and I actually turned off, I mean, we made a point to listen to it because it helped us to understand what could happen and why it happened. Isn't there this
0: Jewish eschatology, like religious eschatology around establishing a state of Israel so that the Messiah can can return? Yes. Or right. so the Messiah can come for the first time? Right. Yes. But they,
1: then- they thought he's come. There have been a few rabbis that they thought were the Messiah that have come. And the, even while we were there, there was a big funeral for, for uh, this rabbi. They sure they were sure was the Messiah. But yeah, they're still waiting for their Messiah. Uh,
0: the table is the table. Is in, there's an open seat at the Seder, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. One yeah. of the, I did read that. Uh, I looked it up because it is to connect with this thing I said to you that the ultra Orthodox don't even usually volunteer for the army, but they are in this and so they they don't even like to be uh, in the census to count how many children they have because they don't really believe that the is the state of Israel is should be
0: legal, legal. yeah because it's an idol right because you're establishing right. it as a something that you revere as as much as or in competition with god and so it's it's, it, it, it's seen as a, a graven image yeah. So, well, what see, what that's, say about the apartheid? that's one thing
2: I, I felt like Israel became, and even for American, some American Christian Zionists who were there, I felt like Israel, the land of Israel had become like an idol to them. Do you want to bring them back to Israel to the land or do you want to bring them back to God? And that, and I felt that very strongly that there was, there was a movement more to bring them back to the land and bring them back to Israel and establish this, this country of Israel rather than bringing people's hearts back to God. And Israel wasn't going to change their mind, especially the atmosphere that was going on then and going on now. It's not going to make them better people, but so we've got to work to, you know, to bring them back to God. I think the apartheid thing was, I don't know, in some areas, I think it was was kind of like that, but um, I don't think, you know, when they put the wall up, I think before, uh, they put the wall up. There were there was uh, a time where Arabs, uh, people wouldn't let them into restaurants, people wouldn't let them into, um, you know, to, you know, to different things like that. Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen the movie, which is one of my very favorites, um, with Denzel Washington. Uh, uh, oh, remember the Titans? Yeah yeah well and you know they they these guys become buddies and become like brothers playing football together and they go into a restaurant and a guy wouldn't let them stay in there because they were they had some black friends with them right and but so it was like that there were if there were arabs that they wouldn't uh let them come in or things like that but i don't know if today in like in jerusalem or right now there's such a really bad a, on the west bank of fear of uh um uh, very few arabs would go into west jerusalem right now and very few jews would go through west or um except for to go to the western wall but very few of them would walk down the streets of um east jerusalem right now because of fear yeah yeah but um and but so i don't know as far as being allowed to i do think that they they probably wouldn't be served in some restaurants um but and as far as the municipality goes and things like this, I think they would probably have to treat them the same, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, I'm sure there are cases where they are. It depends on where you live. You know, like the the Israelis flock to an Arab village called Abu Ghosh on Shabbat, but they're the secular Jews.
0: Hmm. Go,
1: the secular Jews could... They, they're not observing they the Sabbath. Yeah, they don't care where you get good food or a good bargain if it's Arab, Jew, or Hindu or anything. They don't care. And that is most of the people. But this will bring a lot of, it'll take a lot of healing to take place. Did you see the piece on, uh, I think there's NBC News, uh, that an older Arab couple about our age were beat up.
0: Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they were hit with sticks. They were like picking apples or something. And I saw that story. And yes. They were picking their
2: they were picking their alas. Uh, alas. October, yeah, yeah. October and first of November is the they call it they Zaytun right. or the time of the Alas.
1: That's how the Christian Arabs feel. What can we do?
2: Yeah. And they're like, we're not going to call the police because they're not going to respond.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: they're not going to respond because we're Arab. And so, you know, but and they're Christians. Christians. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: They might be treated a little better. People knew they were Christian. I mean, most people wow. can feel a Christian who's Christian by their name. There are certain family names like, you know, Awad, sure. Corey. And, Corey, and there are a lot of names they know, and you don't name your kids Mohammed or, yeah, or, you know, the, the names that they use, most people know. And I would say that many Israelis feel pretty comfortable around Christian Arabs when you say- Yeah, yeah I think
2: yeah, they- Yeah, they
1: feel, they don't feel that uh anger that's built up in, nurtured in um you know in the muslim community those most of the refugees were muslims
0: mm-hmm. you know i so, yeah. with with the with the zionism as i've been listening to the news and then different things and and different perspectives reading things here and there 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 is a very strong strain within western christianity and western cultural christianity um and and even theology within the church um of there has there's a sequence of events that need to happen for jesus to return for the second coming and 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 part of that is israel being established as as a nation and making sure that that happens and 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 it's a it's a very specific newer reading of 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 the bible um right. and and so I know I know that there are folks that i that I know and that I love and and that i that i that I respect that are looking at this and going, we have to side with Israel because this has to happen in order for God to do what what he's what he's going to do. um but revelation twenty one says that Jesus returns to earth and makes heaven comes to earth God makes everything new and there's a healing of of the nations and I'm I'm wondering, how can I be a part of that now? How can I be a part of heaven on earth now? How can I be a part of a, the healing of the nations from from my chair in Nampa, Idaho, as I watch the news in, in Israel and Gaza?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of, I would say a lot, but it comes up pretty frequently when we're around Christian circles, what do you think? And we have had a lot of opportunity to say, you know, we are praying, this is awful, we're praying for the peacemakers and against evil and then we also say i throw out my line and i wonder what jesus would do and i pray for god's will to for the evil to be defeated and this to stop but people have been pretty good to listen to us haven't they yeah i think so i think they feel like we've got yeah we've earned the right
2: to have an opinion
1: that listen to and you know one of the things that we have talked about our son-in-law he he was He grew up for about five or six years. He grew up in Gaza until he was a teenager. His parents were Baptist missionaries. He lived in the hospital that was bombed for probably six, seven years. And then he moved to Hanunis. And it's been really painful for him because most of his friends don't understand. And, you know, his heart is broken. And Mm -hmm. and you know, we know Palestinians who everybody know that that part of the world, everybody knows somebody who's Who's died, mm-hmm. both Jew and Arab. Yeah, and what do you do to a people? You either choose to hate and seek revenge, or you choose to say, "We've got to move on and love and get over, move beyond this." And as long as we don't become facilitators, we're if we stay back here, we're encouraging them to to want more revenge, and this will go on for years instead of weeks. Who would have thought it lasts this long? Really, I usually Israel can go take care of stuff and and
2: this uh, caught and this you got to listen
1: to that podcast. This I, will. I, got so the, I got the link. I heard it in the car on NPR. This, this caught Israel
2: comment. so completely off guard, and I I just don't understand it because I know how strict their their security is. Yeah, it, and they're going to be some heads that roll after this, and you know. It'll be, probably be Netanyahu will probably get blamed. And, and he should be. He's the one that always wants to.
1: You know, I, sometimes I stop and think, who are we as Americans to think that God owes us something as a nation? Who are we? We're not God-fearing. We're not loving all the time. You know, God bless America. Who, you? Know, we've read the Bible. I I've read it enough to know that nations come and nations go. It's yeah. happened in our lifetime. I don't want it to. I like the idea of, you know, things being the same and safety and all of that. But uh, who are we to think that we're not? Yeah.
0: Out. Well, and particularly with our history, and critiquing a, a history of 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 people that would be seen as colonizers, and keeping people segregated to a, a part of the land. Like we we've got no foundation to stand on except for a history a history like that as as Americans, um. And but also that was a lot of that was done in the name of jesus and in the name of god or, or at least on behalf of, of 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 the church and so i mean i can be sorry for that i can, I can apologize for that because i've i've benefited well, wait a from, a from do it you
1: call that when you apologize you're are you you feel like we should say that was a big mistake what do we call it uh, oh what's the catchphrase they use uh accepting no 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 it's a hot button if you say it you're Cultural what is it you know what's the phrase we use when we yeah, say
0: I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what you're trying to come up with. It's 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 almost there. It's like a is it like a like a false humility or a false guilt or a a, a cultural yeah. white guilt? Yeah, it's
1: yes. so something else. You'll you know what it
0: is. Something like that. Well here's here's what I've come to realize. This is my perspective. I can realize that I've historically benefited from something that I wasn't involved with in any way and genuinely be sorry that that's what happened and not continue to perpetuate the problem to the best of my ability. And I don't lose anything. I don't, the only thing I'm losing, if I have any pride to lose with it, that's the only thing I have to lose. I, I, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't um, do me any disfavor to apologize. It actually is helpful to say, I'm I'm sorry sorry that I'm implicit, that I was in. like, I have implicit guilt with that. And then I was, you know, um, that, that somehow my, my ancestors were in, 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 involved with that. As I look at the Bible, I go back to Isaac and Ishmael, you know, I'm no Bible scholar. I'm no theologian or whatever, but pastor read the Bible interested in it. And every time I see the news and something in the middle East, I go, this, this goes back a really oh, long yeah. time. doesn't make it okay. Um, but when I find myself siding with a particular side because I'm trying to reach equilibrium, diffuse the pressure, diffuse the tension. And so I pick a side so I can feel good about this is the right. And this is, this is the wrong. I don't see that being really helpful here. I, I, I see the, I see weeping with those who weep and mourning with those who mourn and praying for peace and, 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 and the peacemakers and for miraculous just compassion to prevail
1: we are not an american church we're a global
0: church we're, we gotta and we gotta be it we gotta act like it we gotta <laughs> and we gotta communicate like that both visually and non, verbally and non-verbally exactly. yeah. and they'd
1: be very supportive and you know hey fantastic.
0: you you guys have spent almost two hours with me i i thought um it would be awesome to have a prayer of of peace and what we've been talking about that it, that's the heart cry and, and hope as followers of Christ around the world in Arabic. I like listening to prayer in other languages. I think sure. listening to it in a Middle Eastern language is special. I think it's timely to hear it, um, words of peace in the name of Jesus in, in Arabic. Um, but I think it'd be helpful to also understand as we listen to it what what's being said and so if you guys don't mind and i'll just be praying along with you
2: dear
1: lord god we thank you for your love for us and your goodness to us
2: thank
1: you lord that you are always with us in our home and in the world you are with
2: us i
1: thank you for the blood of jesus that saves us
2: shukran ya rab manajil wujudak fi itil akhdimi fi indianapolis
1: Thank you, Lord, for your uh, ministry that is taking place in Indianapolis, and for your spirit that is there doing ministry.
2: Oh, shepherds, oh, Indianapolis.
1: And especially, we thank you for the uh leadership and the work that's going on at Shepherd community.
2: and
1: we pray for the young adults and the young men and women who are uh, ministering in that place.
2: on. Be dar to kun arribak. Say that one again. Uh Nazukan to kun mahom.
1: We ask that you would be with them.
2: To berakom ya Rabbi mahom be adam. How they can become?
1: Yeah, close to you. How they can in their ministry and things? How they can stay close to you?
2: Ya Rabbi Yeshua, nham nafinu. You are the head of the
1: we know, Lord, that you are the Prince of Peace.
2: And
1: you know that our world needs peace today. We especially ask that you would be in the Middle East.
2: Oh, Salam uh, Israel or uh, Palestine
1: pray that you would bring peace between the uh, Israelis, of Israel, and through the uh, the Palestinians, the the
2: situation there.
1: And be with all the children that are especially afraid there, that are in this situation.
2: Especially.
1: Bless and help the believers. Help them to be the light of the world. Be especially, Lord, with we ask you to be with the pastors. And the brothers and sisters that are Christians in that part of the world.
2: We ask
1: that you would be with those that are in the
2: hospitals.
1: Touch them in your name.
2: And
1: be near them, Lord.
2: We...
1: We love you, Lord, and we invite you into our lives.
2: Oh, into your hand, notamed into Raeesa Salam.
1: And Lord, we come to you and call you that you are the Prince
2: of Peace. Oh nojukan Rabanat Barekulum and he had all be sharik illa be shaklouset be sharik illa Salam.
1: And be with all of our the Christians in that part of the world, the pastors who are trying in a difficult time to be an instrument of your peace in that part of the
2: world.
1: And thank you, Laura, for your presence with us during this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, guys. That's awesome. and And Special, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for spending so much time with me.
1: Went fast. It went you. fast. It's.
2: it's
1: <laughs> a, I appreciate you trying to dig into it.
2: Hey, thanks for including us in
0: your, uh, yeah, your podcast. It'll
1: be fun. To see you. <laughs>
0: well, thank you. I'll I'll send it to you once I get it all uh, done okay. up and everything. Okay. Have a great one. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.